0: Martinez turning on the speed and
1: he takes down the pew. We are in Hollywood, acting is something that happens in the area. No Academy Award, no Emmy, no Tony, no nothing.
2: FOOTBALL America is live and underway here on ESPN Plus for what is a very special coast-to-coast edition of the show, Hercules Gomez. And Sebi Salazar here with you. Herc, how you doing? How about that edit from our edit team? Clearly with a lot of time on their hands.
0: Too much time on their hands. Did my guy, Douglas Martinez, dirty. I thought it was a Neymar-esque dive. There we go. Okay, so we got
2: uh, plenty to cover from the Open Cup, uh, including the clip that you just saw, but we won't be doing it alone. No, I said it's a special coast-to-coast edition of Football Américas because I'm here in Bristol, Connecticut, right next to my good friend and colleague Alejandro Moreno joining us live (laughs) and in the flesh.
3: Uh Hercules was not enough tonight. I needed just a little bit more for what we're going to do. Twice Mm -hmm. in one week in Football Mm -hmm. Américas. What an honor. And let me just tell you something, because people may not understand the sort of work that you put into this show. (laughs) Look at the T-shirt. But look at the paper, baby. (laughs) Look at the notes. It all matches. See, now that's preparation right there. Detalles.
2: Yeah, that's it. it. That's it. (laughs) Yes, the details that uh, that make us here. By the way, my shirt for the... Interstate 29 Derby between Omaha uh-huh. and Sporting Kansas City. I was going to call it a classic, but... It, how, it, how did that go for Omaha? It didn't turn into uh, to uh-huh. quite the, the classic for the Owl Underdogs. We'll get to that uh, a little bit later on. Also, a little bit later on in the show, we got a Liga MX oh. season preview. That's starting here uh, July 1st. we got the latest schedule for the U.S. men's national team. We know what they're going to be doing in the September window. And we have an interview with one of the Open Cup heroes... Uh, to date, but let's get to the highlights before we get to the draw because we do have the draw coming up here on the show We're going to find out who's hosting the semifinals mm-hmm. and then the Priority order for who's going to potentially host the final either the first or second week of September That's why you're here. Ollie. Oh, I so, need I need so, feet on the ground.
3: Well, you also need somebody you can trust Yes, <laughs> which is Hercules why Hercules is all the way across
2: guy. the country exactly <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, so let's get to the highlights from the first
2: of the four quarterfinals We still got one to play but the Galaxy Sacramento Republic on Tuesday, LA Galaxy and Greg Banny, they were the home side. We'll pick this one up very early because that's when Sacramento got things going. Here into the fourth minute, Rodrigo Lopez slamming it home at the near post. Ale, you love
0: this one. Herc loves it too, isn't this? This
2: is family for you, Herc.
0: It's my uh, cousin's husband right there. It's a good little ball. This is Ale Moreno kind of range uh, they got behind the back line. Well, actually, that's way further back than Ali Moreno range. <laughs> 18th minute
3: galaxy finding their equalizer it's an own goal one one okay now we get a chance to settle down all right one one momentum is gone from sacramento this is when la galaxy take over or is it well there was a chance to take over here kevin cabral
2: no one one still in the 27th minute you saw javier chicharito hernandez on the bench he was off the bench right around the hour mark. A few minutes after that, chance for the LA Galaxy to go ahead. Chicharito in behind.
3: Shot blocked on the first attempt, then shouts for a foul. Ale, you buying it? I'm not buying the speed for Chicharito <laughs> at this point in his career, but <laughs> I'm going to tell you. You're buying this, though. No. Luis Felipe from I'm... distance makes it two on Sacramento. I'm going to tell you something. Jonathan Klinsman, you got to make this save. Mm. Simple as that. Doesn't get down in time, 2-1 Sacramento. A few minutes after that, <laughs> another chance for Sacramento. Whistling
2: it past the far post, still 2-1. Then the Galaxy pouring forward in desperation mode. Daniel Vitiello with a save off the header. Galaxy last chance in stoppage time, sending all sorts of balls into the box. But again, the Sacramento goalie, Vitiello coming way off his line, Ale. That's the bravery, that's the courage you want.
3: Okay. That's a nice save. That's about it. Okay, so let's not get crazy now. Oh, let's get crazy. Come on, okay, Sacramento Republic. Uh, uh,
2: getting the big victory there, 2-1. Uh, to one. Their game winner came from Luis Felipe, and after the game, he said the Galaxy did not take this match seriously. Mm. Uh, Herc, I'll start with you. Do you agree with that assessment?
0: Yeah, I, I do. I mean, uh, it could be circumstantial, but you see the lineup that the Galaxy trotted out versus Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not the lineup they trotted out versus LAFC in the same... Tournament, mind you, the same tournament. There was five changes, Uh, Klinsman, the only one that uh, you would say wasn't a first choice player when LAFC played against the Galaxy in Dignity Hill Sports Park. And when you see this lineup and you see how much Sacramento and USL has shortened that gap between MLS and I will say the depth that is in Major League Soccer. And you already look at a Galaxy team that's not very deep to begin with. They're a good team, they're not great but they're not deep to begin with, the writing was on the wall. Uh, this is a game that they're gonna play Sacramento uh, like it's their final, like it's their life on the line versus a team that's not deep, not great. And when you see it, uh, 50-50 balls, when you see it, they were outshot, when you see for majority of the stretches that were outplayed, never really in danger. Even the goal was an own goal. They put it in themselves. It, it just felt like it was going to happen.
2: Yeah, In-game, it's hard to say, like, okay, professionals didn't take this seriously, but right as soon as you saw the lineup, you knew the Galaxy weren't all in on this, right, Ale?
3: Right. And and here is the issue. I don't even have to be in the locker room with the Mm -hmm. LA Galaxy to know exactly what was said before that game by Greg Vanney. You tell your players, hey... We got to match the intensity right away. We cannot allow this team to believe that they can come in here and get a result. Give them no reason. Give them no hope. From the very beginning, you win the first tackle. You you win the first 50-50 ball. You go and create chances yourself. You have the possession. You take the game to Sacramento Republic and you establish the fact that you are the best team. So why didn't they do it? Ah, Because these are human beings, right? And you know full well that the intensity wasn't there from the LA Galaxy in the same manner that it was against LAFC. And that's not me saying that. That's not a matter of my opinion. That's Greg Vanney saying that post-game, that the intensity wasn't there. And so, as a manager, you put out there to the players and you say, we have to match the intensity. But in the end, it's 11 players that go out there. And you have to show it. And the worst thing that you can do when you're playing against a team from a lower division is Give them hope, hmm. give them reason to believe. And five minutes in, they're scoring a goal. Now they believe. Now it becomes a headache, and what a headache it was. LA Galaxy, gone.
2: Yeah, it doesn't seem like they were unlucky either. Like, you can't look at it and say, oh, the Galaxy deserved to win here. I think we kind of saw it in the highlights, but if you watch the match, Sacramento's starters are better than the Galaxy reserves, and, and that played out throughout the 90 minutes. Like, they were pretty clearly um, the better team as, as you look at both of those. If we look historically, it's been a while. It's been actually since Herc and Ale were playing for the Galaxy that they seemed to take this competition seriously. There was a stretch, 2001 through 2006. They made four of six finals. Mm. Since then, one semi-final for the LA Galaxy in the US Open Cup. They've almost uh, ignored the competition. So this is a this is a trophy that used to find its way into the LA Galaxy trophy case like almost every other year. Or at least you were playing for it. Now, it's a wasted opportunity. And you got
3: to say, this is a hugely wasted opportunity, isn't it? Yes, it is. And Greg Vanney said it himself. This can't happen. And he would suggest that they actually took it seriously. He would suggest that they were ready to play, or at least he thought so. And the truth of the matter is that these players, much like Sacramento Republic felt after the game, they didn't take it seriously. Mm. And you feel that. You're on the field, you feel it. You're like, hey, we're in this game. Look, look at our possession. Look how clean we are. Look at the spaces that we're able to create. Look how we can get out in transition. We have a chance here, and the LA Galaxy were not able to match that intensity from the very beginning. They did, not, they did not match the energy. You give them hope. Now Sacramento Republic are going through, and the LA Galaxy are wondering, how did this happen? Well, I just told you how it happened. Herc, Greg Vanney, do
2: you think he's on the hot seat? We're now 18 months into his tenure, and here you have it. A loss to a second-tier side at home when you're two games away for playing for a trophy. I'm not suggesting Vanny's going to get fired in the next week. Or in the next month. But if he's not on the hot seat now, surely he's close
0: to it, correct? This is, after all, the LA Galaxy. No, he's not on the hot seat. And I would argue that it should be front office members in that hot seat, roster construction and whatnot. You look at this team, they're a lot better team than the Galaxy of the previous years. Defensively, uh, the Galaxy were shambles the last two years. The worst are among the worst in Major League Soccer. It's a different team now with Greg Vanny, more balance. The issue here is talent. They're not a very deep team in terms of talents. You look at players that it could potentially have, players that were injured, Sega Koulibaly, that's an injury, it'll happen. Other players, Victor Vasquez, Sasha Kleshton, they're a little long in the tooth, not guys you really want to rely on. So when those guys are out injured, you have to go into the Rolodex, you got to find, what is it, Aguirre who ended up starting? The youngster, uh, Kelvin Liriam, who's probably on the latter stage of his career. Uh, You're going into, Jonathan Klinsman, who's most cup keepers are going to play, that's what you're going to have. But you are putting in now four to five different players uh, in a situation where they're not accustomed to playing with said players versus a team, a cohesive unit, a team that really wants to play this. And Ollie talks about intensity. Ollie talks about matching and whatnot. I think we're missing that USL has gotten better. It used Mm. to be that you can roll out an MLS team, a reserve team, and they would be good enough, better. Then what USL had to offer. Well, Douglas Martinez, uh, a few years back, was playing against Salt Lake, or playing, excuse me, with Salt Lake. I remember calling his games, and he actually ended up hurting the Galaxy in one of those games. He's a player with pace. He's a player that's very direct, gets in behind. Roro Lopez, uh, he may be a USL lifer, he may a, guy, a guy who made his name, but he's a legend in that club. And he also happens to have Liga MX LNX pedigree. These are some experienced players now. Uh, and you're putting up with the likes of the LA Galaxy, 19-year-old, 20 year olds Maybe some guys who aren't playing week in, week out. It's going to cost them. And it's just about talent here. It's about that depth. Okay, so Herc doesn't want to blame the
2: coach. Uh, Ale, what about you? Was this result bad enough to put Vanny under pressure?
3: No, I don't believe that that's the case. I don't think that that will be the case either. Uh, the LA Galaxy, in the end, will be evaluated uh, depending on what they do in MLS. Uh, the Open Cup, I think, for the LA Galaxy should be more of a priority. And as I, said, as I said before, if you listen to the comments of Greg Vanny, he thought that they were making it a priority and yet the performance didn't show it. So Sacramento Republic took advantage of a moment, of a situation, of a scenario, and a circumstance in which they felt they had a chance, they felt they had an opportunity, the LA Galaxy gave them life, and they took a full, full advantage. And you have, in this case, you have to recognize whether it's a talent differential or not, whether the, clo- the, the gap is closing, as Hercules just mentioned, that's all fine and well but you still have to be able to walk through that door, and Sacramento did so very well. As far as Vanny on the hot seat, it, it just feels like he missed a, fr-
2: a chance to have a free pass from the hot seat. right? You, mm-hmm. you get to an Open Cup final, you win an Open Cup. Even if you miss playoffs in back-to-back years, even at a club like Galaxy, handing fans a trophy mm-hmm. buys you time. If we think that the LA Galaxy are really the team that they are and that they should be ambitious... Mm-hmm. Two years back-to-back of a coach that you brought from Toronto to win with no playoffs and now no trophies, that to me equals hot seat. This was a, an easy free right. pass, okay. easy free pass. Right, but,
3: but now you're saying that they're not making the playoffs. I'm not, I mean, they're, they're fifth right now, and
2: they're not exactly heading up the table in oh, the West. Uh, okay, but if ever a time to prioritize the Open Cup, Galaxy, look, All right. uh, here it was. Okay. Let's, get, let's get to the other games right. uh, that were on Wednesday night, because we had a fantastic doubleheader, at least On paper it it felt like it was gonna be a fantastic doubleheader right because we had two really intriguing matchups we'll start with this one sporting Kansas City and Union Omaha and this one got off to a very fast start for the home side 10 minutes in Daniel Shalloui you
3: know how I say give them no reason and no to believe give them no hope this is exactly how you do it 10 minutes in you go about nothing and then you say what 37 minutes, so it's up 2-0 and Omaha know they're in trouble.
2: Yep, Courtney oh, oh, Ford no. there to make it 2-0, to make it 3, Daniel Shallowie. yes! Hello,
3: hello, I like this. A little cutback, dip of the shoulder, stay on your feet, move your feet, man! Defensively opens up his body, finds that far post, gorgeous. 56th minute, Kyrie Shelton, yeah, that's 4. He does well in utilizing his body, holds off the challenge from the defender and a nice finish. Union Omaha, the Cinderella story.
2: <laughs> quite make it to the semifinals. there five nothing courtesy felipe hernandez he was not done he'd add another in the 81st
3: it's midnight cinderella midnight game set match see you guys later can we at least acknowledge the
2: union omaha the fans that went uh-huh uh, reports out of kansas city it's one of the the biggest traveling fan contingents they've ever had so so credit to the uh, the folks from usl league one there and union omaha hudson river derby new york red bulls new york city this one, 0-0 into the second half. Lewis Morgan, the opener on 52. Hesitation from the goalkeeper coming out. Lewis Morgan gets ahead of him, 1-0. Ale, now I would describe this game generally as chippy. Uh, ah. This may be the best example. Thiago Andrade, yeah, he gone for the headbutt there.
3: First of all, he kicks out to begin with. OK, that's, that's one. He could have gone for that one. Then he decides, you know what? Let me tell you, what's a great idea. I'm going to headbutt somebody in front of the referee.
2: <laughs> is that is that not not a good look? Uh no, I don't think so. He gone. All right, so New York City still with a shot though. Down a man really until here. Luquinhas,
3: actually in tight quarters somehow finds a little window there. He does so well in bringing this ball down initially with his right foot, then presence of mind to get around the goalkeeper and the finish to follow.
2: New York Red Bulls cruising at that point, two nothing. Into stoppage time, they're going to add a third.
3: Romeo Fernandez. Good first touch, on the turns. knows exactly what he wants to do, knows where the goal is, finds the back of the net, 3-0. Three 3-0 nothing. Three nothing oh, for
2: the yeah. Red Bulls, oh, and then yeah. after the game, things getting heated, Thomas okay. Edwards and Maxi Morales All right. uh, seeing a red card at the end of that one. So here it is, the final four, well, uh, four or five, Orlando City and Nashville, they still got to play next week, uh, winner of that will get the New York Red Bulls, and then in the uh, Calling it the west side of the bracket, we got Sporting Kansas City and Sacramento Republic. There it is, the US Open Cup bracket as it stands. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's uh, welcome in now to the studio oh. our, our colleague, our good friend from the U.S. Soccer Federation, David Applegate. He's actually the uh, U.S. Open Cup commissioner. Uh-huh. Uh We were going to give you another title and maybe a promotion, but, uh, but we worked out. <laughs> let's have you step into the light here. Um, and here- By the way, you just left them hanging. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to. We got to. We got to. give. Got to give David oh, some love. He's, he's been critical in getting us very involved in the Open Cup this year. Okay, so first things first. As I understand it, we're going we're gonna to decide who's hosting the East and the West and then kind of a, a priority ranking for the final. That yes. gets complicated, so le- let's leave that for a second. Yep. Just for the East, it's very simple, right? All Allah has to do is pick one ball.
4: Pick pick one ball. That'll be the the host. The second ball out will be the visitor. Okay. Um, okay. The East is uh, in Bowl 1, all the way over here on the right-hand side. So, Ale, if you want to get in there, mix things up. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So, the blue over here. In the blue, yep. Okay. So,
2: stir the pot. You're going to pick one. It could be either New York Red Bull or Orlando Nashville, Nashville. right? Host right? Whoever Ale picks here will be the team that hosts the semifinal. Semifinal rounds, of course, will be July uh, 26th. Or twenty-seven. Okay. Yes. I think got I it? got it. Okay. I only now,
3: have two options. So the last
2: time we did this, Herc tried to break the ball. It's, right. it's gentle. Well, yes.
3: okay. there you go. Well, that, you that, have the
2: touch. Gentle is my game. Yes. Hmm. Hosting the Eastern semifinal for the two thousand twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now is the time. Two thousand twenty-two. No, it's not New time. York. <laughs> All right. So we don't know who it will be, but we know it'll be the winner of Orlando City and Nashville again. That match next Wednesday so the winner of that game then will host yep. the semi-final against right. New York Red Bulls
4: go ahead and finish the process pull out oh, the okay yeah okay uh, so, yep, uh, to avoid any a controversy out. I see yep need them need Do to I be- put this
3: back over there uh, or is no, that no, controversial you, you got it right okay. right here all right.
2: The waste disposal basket. Waste disposal. I
3: see.
2: So this is going to be New York Red Bulls. There's no drama here. Just, the, to, they're, they're, to, make just sure. to make sure. Just to make
3: sure. Yes. Yep.
2: There we go. Okay. So there New is York. the New York Red Bulls. All right. So New York Red Bulls against the winner of Nashville and Orlando at Nashville or Orlando July 26th or the 27th. A lot of ores there. Uh, as far as the Western Conference, we have things locked down a little bit more. We know it's going to be Sporting Kansas City. We know it's going to be Sacramento Republic, What we don't know is where we don't know where and will it be a cup
4: set Ooh, and will it be a <laughs> cup set yeah. this
3: guy loves a cup set he's on his like, brain he loves a cup he's set he's got loves the talking points set. there okay so let's see
4: it mix mix them up and so yeah. i Ale.
3: imagine that sacramento republic right now are pretty excited with the potential of hosting Wrong. i'm just saying everybody in the world yeah is rooting for you to pick sacramento
2: republic out of that bowl so with the exception uh-huh with the exception of sporting kansas city fans hey
3: for Kansas City having a and top season in MLS. Oh, oh yeah. I'm a fan of a cup set, yeah. but neutral. <laughs> let's neutral see it, let's you. see it, okay. let's see it. Okay.
2: Don't blow it, alley. It's on me, right? USL it's is, okay. it, oh, the entirety oh. of USL oh, leading on you I don't, here. I
3: don't want Peter Vermees pressure on me. That's a <laughs> lot of pressure. <laughs> hmm. Get in! Peter yes! Vermees is gonna hate me. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! Right. So well, Sacramento, Sacramento Republic, Republic FC. All right. I, I All see right. that you're... you're, you're hey, come on. I, you, I'm I suppose you were... Uh, you were supposed to be neutral,
2: right? Yes. No, nothing neutral about Seb here. So, okay. So, we've got uh, Sacramento against Sporting Kansas City. That game will be played at Sacramento on uh, July 26th or the right. 27th. So, there we have it. We know the, the two... We know Sacramento will host uh-huh. in the East either Orlando or Nashville, Nashville in that new stadium. Mm -hmm. That could be very exciting. All right, so let's take a look at the bracket. Now we know, home team Sacramento, home team Orlando or Nashville ahead of the final in September, which will be either September 6th or 7th, or the 13th or 14th, or 7th or 8th. Uh, Still TBD, either the first or second. You made that
3: very clear, Seb, I'm not confused
2: (laughs) at all. I like like to, to clarify things. Okay, so now let's get to I think the more complex part of what we have to do tonight, right, which is decide the priority for who could host the final. So, David, explain exactly how we're going to do this Uh, here because we really don't want to mess it up.
4: So, we've got our two East options. Um, We've got in in bowl number three here, there's the Red Bulls and the Nashville and Orlando. Bowl four is our West. That is Sacramento and Kansas City. So, what we're going to do is we're gonna take one from each, th- one each from three and four and put that over here in bowl one. So Ali, you can go ahead and do that. Pick one out of Either three, one. Okay. Nice. put it in one, and then take one out of four, okay. one ball out of four. This is, uh, and tense. nope, you're putting that one in uh, bowl one as well. This one? Yep. Wow. Yep, sorry, uh, I didn't, I'll. I'll <laughs> VAR. Can, the coach will take credit for this one. Okay, all right. Um, and then the second team of each, we're gonna put two, the two balls in pot two. So one team from the east, in pot, There's no in choice here. Bowl two. <laughs> wow. And, I want to get a right, set. <laughs> and, and one from the West in bowl two. All okay. right. And now we're going to um, draw the uh, number four team for okay. hosting priority. And we're going to um, start that out of bowl one. Okay. Bowl one. All right. I'll, let's we'll see. We'll be it. team number four. Bowl So this is the first ball that, up will be team number four. So
2: just to be clear, David, this team has no, no chance, chance of hosting, hosting, the, hosting the, the, the Open Cup final, okay? Yeah, there we go. So, Ale about to make some enemies here. Wow. Uh,
3: already got Sporting mm-hmm. KC in New York. Okay, great. Fantastic. This team will not be
2: hosted. There is no chance for this team to host the final.
3: Well, I give it and I take it away. Oh, wow. Alejandro Moreno, that is
2: true. He delivered you a semifinal Sacramento, but he has made sure that you will not host the final, so it's
4: somewhat heartbreaking <laughs> that you're making it right. a personal attack. Yeah, so Ali.
2: Wait, wait. We need Sacramento now, there. Yeah, no, on four, that, right? no I, I, The commissioner,
4: okay. the commissioner's instructions have been really poor this evening. We okay. We're supposed to put him at four before we, we opened it up. So now the three that we know will host will be in spot three, two, one. So i okay. of bold okay. one. So I'm put, on second. Where do you want me to put? Put this? Sacramento. Well, I'll put Sacramento right here.
2: Okay. Nice, okay, so we know
4: right Sacramento there is four, four. Okay. and now we'll do blind for the rest. So um, take the second, edible, the second okay. ball out of ball one, will go into spot three. Okay. Ooh. No, but don't open it yet, we're just going to put it down in three. Okay. And now we're going to mix these. Mix this spot up, load up wow. spot two. Wow, he's building the drama here, I, I love see. this, the
3: suspense. I see. That's why they call him the commission, huh? Tell you what. He sat down. He came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. They did a PowerPoint presentation. This is wonderful.
4: <laughs> All right, okay. and you know, again, my my apologies for the drama. We pulled four too early. We've got that, but it was the first. It was going in that spot anyway. So now let's see who is in spot three. Okay. Nice. Okay. So this team has a a slight
2: chance of hosting the Open Cup final, depending on on what else happens here. Yes. So that will be. New York, New York Red, Red, Bulls. Red Bulls. New York Red Bulls then third to last, or sorry, second to last. Yes. Uh, in terms of priority for so hosting the Open Cup So if we have a New Open York Cup Sacramento
4: final. final, New York would be the
3: host. Okay, perfect. All right. Um, and I can throw this away. You can. Okay, thank you very much, Commissioner.
2: Uh, number two. All right, so here's the real suspense, because whoever you don't pick, Ale, right. is the first priority to host the Open Cup final.
4: I mean, I don't want to
3: tell you how to do this, but shouldn't we just then pick number one? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like the draft
4: lottery. Drum roll, please.
3: Sporting, Kansas, Sporting Kansas,
2: City. Kansas City. Okay, so Sporting Kansas City then has a pretty good shot should they make it to the final of hosting, and that means that the number one priority for hosting mm. the Open Cup final will be the winner... From Nashville against Orlando, and of course that is next Wednesday night right here on ESPN Plus, the last of the four quarterfinals, So it'll be Orlando or Nashville that'll be feeling the best about their chances of hosting the Open Cup final. There you have it. So, semifinals to be hosted at Sacramento, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, and then at Orlando or Or Nashville. Nashville. Yep. In the final, there you see it. Orlando National, best shot, sporting Kansas City, New York, Sacramento. Uh, Herc, we, we haven't been ignoring you entirely. We have been thinking about you. You saw the, the, the shot there when Sacramento gets a semifinal at home. I know you're pumped about that. What do you think? Football America's road trip?
0: uh yes uh you may need ali again i'm on vacation those days <laughs> there <laughs> ali it is needs to go to sacramento mm-hmm. but see. There, there is no better there is no better ambiance or environments like some of these usl places i know we had omaha on our list we have sacramento on there as well uh get at us we definitely want to make some trips ali yep. included. yeah okay it's so
3: good that he's not going Okay, so good I'll come. Don't worry him. about it. You need me, I'll be there. All right, uh, Ale, David, thanks so much for
2: being with us. Uh, great stuff. Here it is, the Open Cup final hosting priority. Uh, it'll be either Orlando City or Nashville the number one spot, sporting Kansas City second, the New York Red Bulls uh, third, and then... No chance uh, for Sacramento to host the final, but Ale did get him a semifinal. Yeah. So look, Sacramento. Republic, I did my part. You at least can thank Ale Moreno uh, for that. And a reminder: there is still one quarterfinal left to be played. It'll be played next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Plus. Orlando City and Nashville for the last spot in this year's Open Cup semifinals. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: Casey Burger. Over the top to Martinez. Flag stays down. Douglas Martinez centers it! Rodrigo Lopez! Felipe! It finds a way through and might Sacramento as well.
3: I'm lost for words what to say to you. Over there.
2: Joining us now, one of the heroes of Sacramento Republic's Open Cup run and a man who scored a goal against the LA Galaxy on Tuesday night, Rodrigo Lopez, joining us here on Football Américas. Uh, Roro, what's going on in the background there? You to a watch party or what?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool out here. Um, you know, we have great, great people who work here and, you know, they're very passionate about our club. So, um, you know, you guys are welcome anytime.
2: Hey, man, you know, we saw, we saw that matchup. We saw that semifinal matchup. I think we might have to take uh, Football Americas north from Los Angeles. All right, so let's get into the game last night, man. Walk me through it. How did you guys beat the Galaxy?
1: Oh, I mean, we, we prepared fairly well. You know, our coaching staff did a really good job of, of scouting out LA. And, you know, the way we planned out the game was basically what we saw on the pitch. And, uh, you know, obviously, Galaxy, you know, put in some reserves that Uh, At the end of the day, they still have players with the caliber to win win the game. And, you know, we we came out uh, with the right foot and and obviously going up a goal early was was big for us. Um, It gave us a little bit of confidence and, you know, a little bit of mindset that we could could play with these guys and we could win the game. So, and I'm just very happy. Uh, And now we're on to the next round.
0: Another big goal for you, my man. But let's talk about, you just mentioned that they played the reserves. Luis Felipe says that the Galaxy underestimated Sacramento Republic. What were your thoughts?
1: I don't think they did. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I feel like the players, they, they, they came, that came in, that they put in, maybe haven't had many minutes. But you have players like Efrain Alvarez, who's, who's a Mexican na- national team player. Um, you know, guys that... Obviously, could get the job done you know I don't think they uh, underestimated us I, I just feel like they put out a team who 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 coach Fannie thought thought could win the game um, but obviously you know it, it's a game of soccer it's 11 it get 11 uh, you know any anyone could win and and like you said Herc, I think you know the gap between USL and MLS is very close now uh, it's not like it was before so um, you know we have players on on our, on our squad that in my opinion should be playing mls or somewhere else so um so i'm just very happy for the guys the guys were super excited and you know now that we're hosting uh the city's going to go nuts
0: it feels like every time 7 I Football Americas do any type of US Open Cup stuff, you're scoring a goal. It comes up on our airwaves. So I need you to walk us through this goal. I mean, it's, it's a good little uh, through ball. And then from there, walk us through exactly what happens when you see the ball coming, everything. Just build the play up. Tell me what happened.
1: Yeah, it was something that we worked on during the week. Um, you know, we we said that there, were, there was going to be a lot of gaps and spaces behind their defense. And, uh, you know... Anytime Douglas gets in behind, you know, with this speed, he's going to find someone. And, and I just, you know, wanted to be there in the box because there was no one else. If, if it's not him, someone else has to be there. So uh, I was fortunate to be there. And I just wanted to get contact on the ball and, and hit the target.
4: Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: Real, Ro man. I can only imagine what it felt like, not just to hit that goal, but also the, the celebrations. You could see it from your from not just your teammates, but the fans as well, what it means, right, to beat a, an MLS team, a top tier team like, like the Galaxy with, with all of their accomplishments and, and history. We talk about the idea of promotion relegation a lot on, on this show. From like a USL player perspective, uh, how much would you want to see something like promotion relegation where you, you maybe could chase a spot in a league like MLS? How close do you feel to that?
1: You know, I, I was in MLS in 2005 was my first year. Um, I know Herc was playing for Galaxy and he would always score some bangers on us so um, it was something that it was something that was was brought out to our attention and back in the day and, and how this country needed promotion and relegation and I feel like now with, with the gap being so close between USL and, and MLS, I feel like it's you know it, it should be coming pretty soon. I know for, for, for us players being in, in USL would be great. Um, that way, you know, you fight to go up and play in MLS, but I know there's still a lot of work to be done. But the level, I think, you know, a lot of USL teams could definitely compete in MLS.
0: You know, Ro, you're probably the perfect guy or person to ask about this. You were in MLS in 2005. You saw that MLS back then. You were in USL with Sac Republic in its infancy. You went to Liga MX, and now you've come back. Talk to us about where USL is today uh, compared to the levels you've experienced in Liga MX and Major League Soccer.
1: Night and day, uh, the level now in USL is has gone up, up tremendously. Uh, the quality of players that are coming to USL is, you know, is just players that 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 just brought up the level a, a lot. You know, for me coming back from Liga MX. Uh, the, in 2020 in Sacramento, it, it definitely cost me a lot. It was it was tougher to 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 be out on the field and play. Um, you know the the level, the mentality, the speed of play. Uh, everything has gone up technically. The players are so much uh, so much better now nowadays here in USL. So uh, it's something that I've seen I've seen the game go here tremendously, and not just in MLS but USL and and League One, League Two, so um, I know it's going to continue to grow. I know this sport is, is definitely, you know, a top sport now in, in, in the U.S., which that's what we wanted years ago, and, uh, and hopefully it keeps growing, and now with the World Cup coming up soon, I, th- I think it's only going to grow more.
2: All right, Rodrigo. Let's uh, talk about this draw here. You're going to face Sporting Kansas City, and thanks to us here at Football América, you get them at home. For those who haven't seen a game at Sacramento either live or, or maybe on television, give them an idea of the atmosphere of what we can expect, and just how important it is for you guys to have this game at home.
1: Yeah, Sacramento. You know, since day one, we've we've had a a great atmosphere. Um, you know, it started with Bonnie Field, and now. Uh, Heart Health Park that you know, every weekend we see it, you know our our guys speed off our fans and, and our environment, and obviously this year we're undefeated at home, so being able to host Kansas City another team with a lot of tradition in MLS uh, for us, it's going to be it's going to be amazing, an amazing feeling, I know the city is going to be uh, going wild to that game and, and, you know, I think it starts now I was already reading some tweets and people are so excited about this, so uh, thank you, Alejandro Moreno, for, for helping us out there. You yeah, have the magic hat. We gotta send him a jersey as well now.
2: There we go. There we go. Great oh,
1: stuff, Speaking let's, of,
0: let's, speaking oh, of, oh they wow, so ridiculous. Ridiculous. Go on,
1: they, they sent you go
0: a jersey because it's it's a smedium. <laughs> <laughs> so I need a bigger one. I, I, you know, I've been lifting. All right, at least if it's a youth XL, (laughs) man,
2: youth XL, it'll fit. We'll we'll slide into it. (laughs) All right, uh, Rodriguez, thanks again. And thanks for gathering all your friends there. Great to have uh, more viewers here on Football Americas. Good luck in the semifinals. We'll be keeping a close eye on y'all.
0: All
2: All right, there he goes. Roro Lopez, one of the uh, heroes for Sacramento Republic, as they are into the semifinals of the Open Cup out of USL Championship. What a great story. They're going to face Sporting Kansas City. They're going to do it at home. We don't know if it'll be the 26th or 27th of July, but we do know for sure that it'll be on ESPN+.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
2: in washington dc will host the 2023 major league soccer all-star game the opponent of course uh, still tbd it'll be the third time dc hosts the all-star game they did it in 2002 and 2004 at rfk and the game will be played july 19th of next year perk some folks are calling this a consolation for washington missing out on the world cup in 2026 what do you think
0: I should be asking you that. I should be asking you if it feels like a consolation, Seth.
2: No, no, hardly, hardly a consolation, man. I, I think I'm still in the doldrums over the fact that, that DC didn't get a bid. It was especially tough today to see at the press conference, Mayor Bowser, who was the person who led the failed bid, the fact that DC does not have games at the 2026 World Cup, comes down to her patting herself on the back and patting DC on the back for being such a great soccer city we're not a great soccer city because you couldn't get us world cup games despite the fact that we had every possible built-in advantage so no the, the all-star game coming to dc does not make up for us missing the world cup however Herk, I, I will say this um dc will embrace this event dc loves soccer loves big soccer and all stars are big i, I think this will be a, a well-received event in the nation's capital
0: i've, I've got no I, i've got no problem with it being well-received. I have no doubt it will be well-received. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like an insult, though, like on the heels of the World Cup, yes. of missing a yes. World Cup. Here you go. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, almost like uh, some charity. Hey, we feel we feel
2: bad for you. One thing I will say, because we got the All-Star Game coming up in August uh, in Minnesota at Allianz Field. I want everybody who goes to the All-Star Game this year to remember what Allianz Field is like and then compare it to Audi Field when you go to Washington, D.C. Okay? and then we can talk about ambitious ownership groups and what real new stadiums should look like.
0: Okay? just remember, remember Allianz Field when you go to Minnesota. Those who are watching at home can appreciate it as well.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. And, and yeah, exactly, if you can see through the sun. Uh, all right, enough, on, enough on, on DC Stadium. Let's move to some more MLS news here, Herc, because we have uh, news from all over the place. This from Minnesota United. They've signed Adrian Heath to a contract extension through 2024. Here's the good news. Minnesota's made the playoffs each of the last three years under Heath. Here's the bad news, Herc. Currently, they sit 11th in the Western Conference. So, Herc, are you cool with, given the current circumstances in Minnesota, Minnesota United handing Heath this two-year extension? I,
0: I guess I'm cool with it if you are cool with it as a fan base. I mean, mm. I mean, th- let me let me explain myself. In Major League Soccer in each conference, about half the teams make the playoffs. That's not a bar. That's not a measuring stick for success. Now, Adrian Heath now is the fourth longest. Serving longest tenure coach in Major League Soccer. Okay, Peter Vermes, Brian Schmetzer, um, and Curtin. Okay, all those have something in common. Do you know what that something in common is? They've they won. won something. They've won something. Curtin's won a Supporters Shield. Okay, the other two have won MLS Cups. Uh, insanely successful. At whatever you want. Adrian he, he's not won anything. Mm-hmm. Not in Orlando. Not in Minnesota. In fact, he's lost more games than he's won. Seventy-two to 63, they're 11th right now, but if you wanna go to the Supporters' Shield standings, they're 20th in the standings. This to me, and it's always has been, I don't care if you wanna say, yeah, but the first few years were expansion side. That's no longer an excuse in Major League Soccer. I would rather be an expansion side in Major League Soccer and start from scratch than some of these other teams. That's a reality, okay? You can win if you do it right. Now, they've spent tons of money. They brought in tons of players. Same outcome. If Mm. you're fine with being mediocre, then I've got no issue with the surprise announcement. Because that's what it is to me, a surprise announcement. If you went on a run, a crazy run, and was like MLS Cup, I've got no issues. But that's not been the case. It's not been the case in Minnesota. It's not been the case in Orlando. And this is nothing against Adrian Heath. But I think if you want to aspire to be a top franchise in the league, this doesn't scream it.
2: Uh, you asked if fans would be cool with it. It's absolutely just a, a couple anecdotes, but I will say this. We had people hitting us up on Twitter about the show asking us to talk from a Minnesota United fan perspective about this. We also had I have friends of mine who are Minnesota United fans texting me, and I think that the general consensus is that there's at least Turk a part of the Minnesota United fan base. To your point, that isn't exactly convinced of what they've seen so far from Adrian Heath. There is the playoffs in the last three seasons. That's not a very high bar. There are some finals. There was the 2019 Open Cup final. There's the Western Conference final uh, in 2020. There's some success, but I don't know. I'm kind of with you here. This doesn't seem like you're chasing ambition. This seems like a very comfortable move for Minnesota United. There's some progress, but it's not overwhelming, and especially from a timing standpoint, Herc. When you're sitting 11th in the West, maybe give them some time to turn it around, right? Maybe get give, give won them some the time last to give... three games and you...
0: Here's your right. announcement.
2: Right. You're, you're, if, you're, if you don't want fans to jump down your throat, then you've got to think about timing. Maybe this was the only timing uh, that they had to make this decision on Adrian Heath. All right. Uh, let's take a look at MLS this weekend on television because we've got some big games coming up. It's going to be on ABC Saturday seattle against sporting kansas city on espn deportes that one as well in spanish kickoff there starts at 3 p.m eastern time and then a little bit after that on saturday not on abc but on espn we've got an eastern conference showdown in the nation's capital east united against nashville that one a 5 p.m eastern time start from mls to the u.s men's national team they've got their schedule for the upcoming September window. September 23rd, US gonna face Japan out of Group E at the World Cup. That game will be on ESPN, to be determined where, somewhere in Europe. On September 27th, Herc, they're gonna play in Spain against Saudi Arabia, who we know will be one of Mexico's opponents at the World Cup. So both those games will be the final live tune-ups before the action starts in Qatar. Herc, we've talked a lot about the uh, schedule
0: for the US. Do you think they've faced enough good competition to be ready? For the World Cup? Well, good competition. I mean, let's be honest. They can't do anything about the CONCACAF Nations League competition. That's who they have to play. But if you look at the friendlies, you've got Morocco. Mm -hmm. You've got Uruguay. Morocco, before the U.S. Men's National Team beat up on them, had only lost once since June 2019. It was a decent, I would say, Morocco team that looked very bad against the U.S. Men's National. Uruguay is gonna cause tons of problems for anybody in the World Cup. I've got no doubts about that. When you talk about Japan and Saudi Arabia, I mean, Japan is a team that had Australia in their group, beat up on them twice. Australia just beat uh, Peru in, in the World Cup playoffs. They're there in the World Cup, so you know they, they've got some decent players, they've got a decent team, uh, and they also, Came in second to guess who saudi arabia in their world Mm -hmm. cup qualification saudi arabia who only lost once in that world cup qualification process part of this as well as they need to want to play against you and right now with the uefa nations league there is no european uh teams of of worth where you can say they're gonna come or you're gonna go it's not going to happen so you're left with scrap so to speak so i've got no issue given the circumstances yeah, you look at that schedule, I mean, you, you can't pick who
2: you play in CONCACAF Nations League or World Cup qualifying, so throw those games out, and then just look at the at the friendlies. As you mentioned, Morocco, Uruguay, uh, and then we have Saudi Arabia and Japan, so you've got four World Cup teams, you've got a pretty good spread in terms of confederations, you've got two teams from the Asian confederation, uh, you've got somebody from Africa, you've got somebody from Conmebol, Greg Berhalter called it a great diversity of styles, right, the only confederation that you don't have represented, as you mentioned, is UEFA, and there's, there's no options there, yeah. right? Because they're playing Nations League in September. I think from a federation standpoint, you also want rivals who you think might compare to the rivals you're going to get. You're, you're going to get Iran, and, and of the rivals the U.S. has, that's probably the biggest question mark. So I really like that in the international window, right before the World Cup, you're going to get Saudi Arabia, who, we don't really know this, but in theory... Uh, may present some similar problems that Iran presents. So I think from, from those standpoints, in terms of your matchups coming up and just the general diversity of the opponent, they pretty much nailed it, given the fact that you couldn't really have any European opponents. I
0: mean, no European opponents. Where are you going to go? South America? South America is looking for top-notch. They, got, they, wanna play. They, got, they have to want to play you as well. You have to remember that. that that's a big issue here as well. You've already slim picking, so I, I've got no issue with this. Like you said, they're all World Cup opponents. Herc, speaking of big issues, uh, you always, always seem to have a big issue on this show
2: with FIFA rankings. And I'm not saying you're wrong, I'm not saying you're wrong, but let's get to the latest FIFA rankings because we do have some movement in terms of the teams that we keep an eye on. Mexico, down three, 212, and perhaps most critically, out of the top 10. Meanwhile, the U.S. moves to 14th. We do have a new number one as well. Brazil is the new number one uh, taking over for Belgium. So that's the FIFA rankings there. You can see some movement uh, for CONCACAF teams as well. If you want to laugh at the FIFA rankings, that's one thing, Herc, but I think you'll get a a good chuckle out of this. The ICC has offered us up some odds, uh, but the odds are based off artificial intelligence. Now, we've heard artificial intelligence may be involved at the World Cup when it comes to offside and VAR, but uh, how about this for odds and percentages to win the World Cup? Specifically, the percentages for Mexico and the United States. They're giving Mexico 1.37%, which doesn't sound like a lot. Until you look at the percentage of chances that are giving the US 0.46, almost three times more for Mexico, Herc. So uh, who do you have more faith in to go further at the World Cup? Mexico or the United States? Are you agreeing with artificial
0: intelligence here? Wait, are you asking me who's going more further? Or are you asking me which metric system I have more faith in? Those <laughs> the original the original question was supposed
2: to be, what do you have more faith in? Right. FIFA rankings or artificial but intelligence? But you're moving the
0: goalposts.
2: But I've changed it, because <laughs> it's more interesting to me, Mexico or the US. I don't think you have
0: faith in either of them. I, I, I think these are both stupid. FIFA rankings and the artificial intelligence in, in this graphic. What I will say is, if you look at Mexico, 1.37 chance to make it further. If the U.S. get out of their group, that's got to change because we could both agree that facing Denmark or facing France is a lot stiffer competition than a Senegal, Ecuador, or uh, or Qatar. Or, yes, if you will. Qatar. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly.
2: So. Yeah. I mean. If, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So,
0: so given that, if both teams make it out, I think the U.S. goes further. Even though I think they both. End up probably going home at the same time. Well, the percentage there is, is to win the World Cup. So I think
2: the assumption from the odds makers then would be that, that they're both getting out of the group, right? And, and, and then by that logic, Yeah, I don't see how anybody can look at the group that Mexico is going to go up against where you're either going to get France or probably Denmark. And people might say, you know, France, obvious, obvious, huge, overwhelming favorite over Mexico. I think Denmark would be a pretty significant favorite over Mexico as well. We just have to look at what that Danish team did at the European Championships without Christian Eriksen. They played... They didn't. It wasn't a magical run. They played very, very well, and they can hurt you.
0: They are a very, very good attacking team. They just hurt France in the Nations League. Like, this is a very good team. So yeah, listen. I, who's going to go further? Uh, I think the U.S. can go further just because of that Denmark France situation. I think Mexico get another group. It's very complicated, and I think it's an easier path for the U.S. It's just a reality. Yep, U.S. gets out. It's either Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, um,
2: or Netherlands. Any one of those I think you would rather face than France, which is the team that Mexico is most likely to face should they get out of the group phase and into the round of 16. Herc, let's get in the way back machine for this edition of Drippin' or Trippin'. This is, this is a shoes edition of Drippin' or Trippin'. Okay, let's start with uh, something that's new first. Nike Air Zoom Mercurials are dropping the latest, which are made of, get this Herc, recycled material. They're great and they're green.
0: They're uh, nice, they're light. Uh, You know what I like? Oh man, it's bringing me back. It's bringing me back. Do you know what they look like? Do you know what the Nike up tempos are? You've seen these sneakers. Yes. They have air on the side. Like, those are so dope to me. Like, honestly, like, they could already right now just put in the dripping, because you know I'm gonna say dripping as soon as it got the air on it. Up tempo, brought me back to my youth, high school. Like, this is just a collaboration of that. Chef's kiss.
2: I mean, I love this shoe. It's, it's very, very classy. It's the type of shoe, Herc, though, that I, I could personally never wear right it's the type that certain players can pull it off i think you got to be like either a forward or a winger
0: yeah right players that wear their shin guards over their socks should never wear these that would be
2: <laughs> easy <laughs> easy all right so you're giving it a drip into the nike air zoom mercurial which uh, the new one has just hit shelves uh okay what about this here's the retro bit of uh of shoe wear let's go adidas the adidas 2002 Predator Mania relaunch. They're giving a redo of the iconic Adidas shoe. There you can see it uh, made famous or at least more famous by Zinedine Zidane. What do you think, Herc?
0: Okay. I like him because it's classic. It's a 20-year anniversary. It's also his 50th birthday today, so big shout-out to our man, Sisu. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's so classic, I'll give it a dripping. That was reluctant. That was reluctant it, there. it is. It is because I don't necessarily think it's a good shoe. Really? Yeah, I like think it's iconic. I think yeah. it's iconic. I didn't think it was a, like, it wasn't for me, dog. Oh, really? <laughs> you didn't like the, the the ridges they used to put on the front that would I make the like ball nothing? I didn't like the up?
2: tongue. I didn't like the no? tongue. Ah, I wasn't okay. a fan well, of the is. tongue. He didn't like the tongue. We love the tongue here. Uh, and if Adidas wants to send us any... Uh, Two thousand and two Predator Mania relaunch here at Football Americas. We will definitely put those uh, to good use on a pickup soccer field somewhere around Washington D.C. All right, enough shoe talk for now. Let's turn our attention next Turk to Liga MX and the season that's about to start. Well, it's been a busy summer so far around Liga MX as the transfer market heats up. We've got lots of moves, not necessarily big moves. Some big moves, but maybe not the biggest moves just yet, still some time uh, before the season starts, but not very much as we get ready for the Apertura campaign. Actually, Jornada 1 begins not not long from now, July 1st, next Friday, so not a lot of time to waste. Alright, so for more, let's, uh, let's do a full preview, Herc, uh, shall we? We've got five, actually, a bonus category, six categories to go through as we look ahead to the Liga MX campaign. Let's start with the most important. Who's got the best players? Herc, who do you think has the best roster in the league? And we're only giving you three choices. Tigres, Rayados, or America?
0: It's Rayados and it doesn't even pay me to say it. It doesn't pain me to say it because I've been saying it for years, but it's the same outcome. You can only accumulate talent. What can you do with it? Now, this is the problem. I'm going to read you names and they're all national team players. They're all legit players. This team is the most stacked team in Liga MX, and it's not even funny, which makes you wonder why they can never win anything, why they're so bad collectively. Andrada, okay, Montes, Moreno, Eric Aguirre, Jesus Gallardo, Stefan Medina, Kane Viter, Celso Ortiz, Luis Romo, Pizarro, Duván, Ponchito Gonzalez, Maxi Joel Campbell, Funes Mori, Rodrigo Aguirre, and they're about to confirm Berthe who's one of the best forwards in Liga MX, like, this team is stacked from top to bottom, but they are perennial losers. Mm, mm, look at that, Tigres
2: television. He picks Rayados, but he calls them perennial losers, just to get it in there at the end. Uh, okay, so Herc went Rayados. am wrong, wrong. No, I'm not gonna tell you wrong. Actually, I'm gonna tell you wrong. It's America, and you know I'm not just looking at this through my Americanista <laughs> glasses, okay? No, 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 no. Big moves, big moves of late. Let's just focus on the spine here, right? Because you're seeing Memo Choa. You got Memo Chá. we know Nestor Araujo is a done deal. Okay, Bruno Valdez right there, solid, solid. We're not gonna get scored on very much. Richard Sanchez in front of them. Diego Valdez in front of him. And now, Cabecita Rodriguez. I'm not even talking about the Mexican internationals, right? I'm not even mentioning Jorge Sanchez. I'm not even mentioning Henry Martin, who's a Mexican international, but will probably get nowhere near the starting lineup in this team. And I'm definitely not mentioning Jurgen Dam, who's a, who's a, a wild card at best. But nevertheless, America, if you look at that, maybe not a roster, but that 11... I love it. Herc, real quick on your Tigres. Why are you not giving Tigres any love here? Just because they, they didn't make any moves? They still have a very good roster, correct?
0: Well, no, because Rayados has the most stacked roster in general. And, and uh, Tigres does worry me a little bit because they're getting long in the tooth as far as age. But it's the defensive line that worries me the most. Not not midfield on. I think that's where they're going to rob in Liga Mekis. Going to America, I... Cannot believe you picked America. That's the most homer pick even <laughs> for you. Uh, Bruno Valdez is gone, Juarez. Okay, you're, you're, you're talking about a team who brought in Jurgen Dam, a team who brought in Néstor Araujo, who you don't even think is a starter for the Mexican national team. You've already said it's César Montes and, and, and Johan Vásquez. He didn't certainly gl- cover himself in glory in Celta towards the end. Uh, nor with the Mexican national team. And, and Cabecita Rodriguez? Cabecita Rodriguez, who before he left to Saudi Arabia, had scored like three goals and never played because he wanted out, goes to Saudi Arabia and plays close to 500 minutes, only starts four games. That's what he's done in the last year. And you're going to tell me that's the best roster today in Liga MX? I'm
2: counting on Cabecita, baby. I'm counting on Cabecita. He's got those goals at Cruz Azul. He's got the goals at Santos. I know he's bad at Saudi Arabia, but please, but please, he's going to be motivated, okay? We got a very good player who's very motivated to make that World Cup squad for Uruguay, uh, so I'm going on Medica. All right, so that's that's the team with the best roster. What about the team with the potential for the biggest turnaround? Really, Herc, we're talking kind of biggest upside here. Teams that missed out on Liga, even on Repechaje last season, Leon, Cholos, Toluca. Who
0: you got primed for the biggest turnaround? I think this one is easy as well. I mean, yeah. if you look at last year's refuerzos, I thought they were one of the better reforzado teams, like teams that did themselves well with bringing in transfers is Toluca. Now Toluca does it again. I mean, they brought in Tiago Volpi, who was one of the, probably the best goalkeeper in the League of Mexico before he left, goes to Brazil. Bring him back, big money move. Bofito Salcedo, who I think is a gem from Pumas. John Meneses from Leon. Mosquera, uh, who's from Leon as well, the center back. You got Fernando Navarro, who's a little cheat code on the right-hand side. Marcel Ruiz is one of the younger uh, up-and-coming players in Mexican soccer. Brian Angulo, who I think is a very good uh, outside back. and then. Carlos Gonzalez from Tigres, hmm. who I thought was underutilized in his time at Tigres, has for my money the potential to be a golden boot candidate. I think Nacho Ambrisa is sitting on a gold mine.
2: Wow. Hey, let me ask you this because they've been linked to some some pretty big names, Cavani, Luke de the do, do they need that? Do they need that type of
0: move? No, no. I, I think there are other teams who need that type of move. America okay. needs that type of move. I don't think Toluca does. Okay. All right. So you got Toluca as
2: your team with the most upside. I'm going to agree with you here. Uh, All the players that you mentioned are great. I'm really leaning in here on Nacho Ambris. I really believe that this is a a coach who now has had the time, right? He took over in January. He's had six months, and now I think we can expect some results. Everywhere that this guy has gone, he's won. He won a trophy at Necaxa, okay? If you did it there, I think he can do it here. I think he's going to have big success with Toluca, I got to go Ignacio Ambriz, Nacho Ambriz, Toluca is the biggest turnaround. All right, so from biggest turnaround, let's go to biggest letdown, right? Because if we bring people up here, we have to bring them crashing right back down to earth. Who are you going with? And it's got to be one of the grandes, except for America. Of course, we leave them out. Cruz Azul, <laughs> Chivas, or
0: Pumas. Who do you think will be the biggest letdown this season? Hey, uh, Pumas. And listen, it's... They've not even added anybody. They've let people go. They've lost more than they've gained. Uh, listen, Talavera's gone. Okay, so you got to go out there. It is with an unproven goalkeeper, even though I think this goalkeeper, Julio Gonzalez, has huge upsides. He's still unproven when he's the number one. They ha- he hasn't had that opportunity. So Tala's gone, and he was a mainstay, a guarantee. Corozo's gone. rogerio has gone. Bofo Salcedo's gone. Uh, Alan Mosso, who was literally half of your offensive production with the assist to Dineno, he's gone. Wherever you look, it's like when Pumas has anything of value, and this has happened in the last few seasons, whether it's Carlos Gonzalez going to Tigres, whether it's Pablito Vigon going to Tigres, Juan Pablo Vigon, excuse me, they just let anybody of value out. Eric Lira to Cruz Azul, this is what they keep doing to themselves. They keep bleeding themselves dry. Their luck is going to run out. I think this is it. Okay, so you've got Pumas
2: as the team that'll be the biggest letdown. I'm not going far, I'm staying in Mexico City, but I'm gonna go Cruz Azul. There has been for a while, her a toxicity around this team. We talked about it like almost every other week last season. Juan Reynoso was on this hot seat and you would continue to defend him. There was a faction of the fans that didn't seem to be appreciative of what he'd done in terms of bringing that title. Well, Herc, now he's gone. Okay, and you've brought in a guy in Aguirre who doesn't have any Liga MX experience. So, I'm a little bit worried if I'm Cruz Azul here. On top of that, we have, can we say goalie issues, which I don't think ever makes, it, uh, makes you feel good about a team going into a season. So, I'm not going to totally disagree with you that Pumas looks primed for a letdown, but
0: I really think Cruz Azul looks primed for a letdown here. Yeah. Go ahead, real quick. Timestamp, because... It- there are going to be, from at least from the directiva, the board, what they said, three refuerzos coming in. So that could change things. But I agree with you right now. It's not looking good. Okay, let's get to the most important question, Herc, which is who will be the
2: most valuable player? You got three choices. Alexis Vega of Chivas, Nico Ibanez of Pachuca, and the aforementioned Cabecita Rodriguez,
0: now, of America. Who are you going with? What? It wasn't like you gave me an option. I actually picked Nico Ibañez okay. out of everybody in Liga MX, and let me tell you why. Nico Ibañez was second place in the Golden Boot behind Andre Pierre Gignac at nine goals, okay? But once he got into the playoffs, postseason, nobody came close. Five goals, one of those being in the final. This man is the best rematador, the best one-time finisher in the box in all of Liga MX and he's got the team around him. It just makes sense to me. From a numbers from a numbers perspective, he's going to put up those numbers and Pachuca, I have going far.
2: Yeah, Pachuca was so good last season. And to your point in Ligia, man, nobody could touch Nico Ibanez. He was, he was simply unstoppable. It's a good shout. I'm leaning in on my Americanista ways here. I'm gonna go MVP, Cabecita Rodriguez. Herc, Herc, if you're an America fan, you have, you have no choice but to believe that this is going to work out, that this is not going to turn into another Nico Castillo. I I think you're going to get, as I said, a very, very motivated player. Dude, just think of the competition that this guy has to make the Uruguayan World Cup squad as a striker, Herc. As a striker. I mean, mean, that's deep. That's deep.
0: He's got to score. He does have to score, and not only because he wants to go play in the World Cup, but because he's being paid a reported $3.5 million net from Club America. That type of bread, you got to perform.
2: That's right. And also, about uh, half the transfer fee that's supposed to go to that Saudi club is going to Cruz Azul. So if he doesn't perform for Club America, you've also strengthened your rivals by paying them, you know, three-some million dollars for a guy that's not scoring for you. So, America and Sebi all in on Cabecita Rodriguez. That's MVP. As for the favorite, who, Herc, do you think is going to win Liga MX? Who's your favorite
0: to win it all your choices anybody who you got i'm going with blue pachuca listen they just added? Paulino de la Fuente, Spanish winger, he's 24 years old. And Marino Inestroa is he, a 19 year old Colombian. So you're adding to already a very strong team. You're adding to a team that has uh, Aviles Hurtado, that has uh, Romario Ibarra, that has Alvarez on one, on one side, on the outside uh, right back. You have Luis Chavez in the middle, a very stout defensive team. The way they pressure and offensively, Offensively, I think this team can overwhelm anybody. I've already mentioned Nico Ibáñez. Llenor Armada, excuse me. It just seems like the type of team that's going to repeat of getting to a final, the type of style that can take him to a championship. This is an easy choice for me. This is an easy choice for me as well. Chips on the table, all in
2: on America to be the favorite here. It's not just about Cabecita, it's not just about Cabecita. Let Let me throw another player into this mix here. Diego Valdez. Now, I remember when Diego Valdez made the move to América. You said top ten player in the league, and man, there was like five, six, seven weeks where I was just like, "Where is this player? Where is this top ten player that Hurt keeps telling me exists?" And towards the end of the season, we started to see more and more from Diego Valdez. If he can be that player, if he can be that player, Hurt, I think América are your favorites Well, they there. went
0: to the right place, Seb. Uh, Santos Laguna. Uh, yeah, cabecita, la cabecita Santos Laguna. Néstor Arajo, Santos Laguna. So they were right place for their refuerzos. Hey, when you were at Santos, how come America
2: never went after you? I played in big clubs. Oh, clever. clever, zing, but inaccurate. All right, uh, last one. Bonus question here. Which Liga MX player, Herc, won't return to the league after
0: the World Cup in Qatar? Doesn't have to be Mexican. Can be from anywhere. I'm going with a Mexican, and his name is okay. Luis Chavez from Pachuca. Listen to this. Uh, it's not only because I think he's going to squeak in, or sneak in, I should say, uh, to Qatar with the Mexican national. I think Tata likes him that much, but it's because Grupo Pachuca is going to be behind it. It just makes sense, it's historical. You look at players like Hector Herrera, he gone from Pachuca to Europe. You look at Ener Valencia, Colombian, he gone from Pachuca to Europe. You look at Chucky Lozano, and then you're gonna say, wait a second, but even if he goes to the World Cup, what if he doesn't play? Eric Gutierrez went to a World Cup and didn't play, and then got signed to PSV. It's going to happen. Grupo Pachuca, Jesus Martinez, them good folks are gonna be behind it. This is a very good player. It just makes sense. So I love that you point out Luis Chavez. I think it's
2: still a little bit of a long shot that he's going to make the roster. If he does and he plays well, that, that'd be great. The two obvious choices here are Cesar Montes and Alexis Vega from a Mexican player perspective, right? Because they're the ones we think right now are most likely to play under Tata Martino. Alexis Vega, I think, would be the popular picker, but I'm gonna go Cesar Montes, because I think he's gonna get a lot more minutes. You just, as a center back, you tend to get that at the World Cup. He's tall. I think that's attractive to the international scout. He's not that young. Maybe that would be my one worry, but at 25, for a center back, you're still relatively young. So I think Cesar Montes is a very good bet to not be coming back to Liga MX after the Qatari World Cup. You agree? Yeah, he has
0: a good World Cup. He could be gone. He's tall, he's athletic, he's good on the ball, he's got good pace, and I think, uh, realistically, he's been Mexico's best defender.
2: Okay, so you picked your favorite, I picked my favorite, what about the computers, Herc? What does the SPI say, uh, Are the ah? Uh... All right, bonus goal, let's flash back 12 years ago. June 23rd, 2010, hey. Herc. The US against Algeria, last game of the group phase at the World Cup. Herc, you were a starter in this game.
0: Yeah, I, this is crazy. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. This is the oh crap moment. I'm playing in the World Cup. Uh, Landon Donovan, I mean, I remember Timmy Howard getting the ball, shooting it out to Landon. Landon's bringing their counter must have carried it for like 30 yards to the final third. Josie outdoor, like, should I overlap, should I not? Stayed out wide, gave it to him, out the door to Clint Dempsey. Like across the face of the six, Clint crashes in with the goalkeeper, the rebound to LD. And the rest was history. An iconic goal
2: and an iconic goal call. Here's Ian Dark.
3: Landon Donovan, there are things on here for the USA? Can they do it here? Cross and dead is denied again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go USA. Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. You could not write a script like this.
2: Go, go USA. Her time for an impromptu Tales from the Pitch. What do you remember about the moment? after that goal hit the back of the net?
0: (laughs) Nothing. It's all a blur. It's like everybody just running towards land into the corner flag, and then you jump on this massive dog Mm. pile. And it just felt like everything had stopped. When you forgot you were playing a game, everything had stopped. And then really it was more what followed Mm. after the game. Because we had no idea. When you're at this World Cup, this is why I've told you, Seb, I've enjoyed the World Cup more as a pundit on this side than I did as a player. The experience, because you don't get to experience, we're in a lodge, we're in a hotel, you're in this little mini bubble, you don't get to experience or see or or know what's happening outside of you. But when we got back to the lodge, the whole lodge, every South African that worked there, that, that was there for us the whole time, in celebration, our friends and family were there. And then we started seeing images, montages of the reactions back home that's when you're like oh my god like this is what yeah. we did finding out you're the first team in US soccer history to win a girl a girl excuse me world cup group that in itself was something amazing but just i guess the immediate reaction from fans was just something that still to this day kind of gives you goosebumps.
2: Yeah, like at every big tournament from then until now, you see those montages, people celebrating in bars, at watch parties. I think that goal was the first one that gave it to us, right? It gave us that that viral moment of everybody in the United States celebrating, and it really was, Cirque, an all-or-nothing moment. Um, People, like You're right, the U.S. won the group, but if not for that goal, it's not about being first or second. The, the, you know, the reality is that the U.S. isn't going through. So it, it's, a, it's a goal worth its weight truly in gold. It was a, a magical moment. Nobody better than our Ian Dark to call it back when the uh, World Cup, of course, was on ESPN. As a wise man once said, if you're not first, you're last. There it is. There it is. Uh, Ricky Bobby getting quoted here on Football Americas. All right, we got a big show planned for you on Monday. We're working on a lot of different angles. One thing I can promise you for sure, we are going to be speaking with a manager of the U.S. women's national team, Vladko Ananofsky, scheduled to join us on Monday as his team gets set for the CONCACAF W Championship you know uh, coming up. on July 4th. I know, Herc is very closely watching his calendar for July 17th uh, as we are trying to book a very important guest by then. No more secrets, Herc. We'll leave it for the next show. I'll see you on Monday here on Football Américas.